right, folks, welcome, 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 welcome again. Let's get this music down and popping. Woo, it's a hot one today. Uh, this is, this is, this is all no fun and game today. This is a pretty serious topic. Uh, and I'm glad uh, Jules, my amazing co-host, brought it to our attention to speak about it. Uh, especially with, you know, us dealing dealing with with uh, uh, the whole COVID issues, with the the whole restrictions here and there, not being able to to see family, and your mind step is just all out of whack. This is a great topic to to kind of bring awareness to. Um, so uh, again, my name's Tunde. Right, they call me the Beast. Jules he is also there in sunny Florida. Yes, he is uh he has uh graced us and blessed us with three amazing people that are going to have the courage to talk about the talk topic that we have going on today and that's uh the the understanding the the awareness and the i guess the the education of 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 domestic abuse and domestic violence in a relationship, be it your own, be it uh, uh, parents, friends, whatever. I mean, all all situations and stories are very welcome here because we want to put it out there uh, to educate uh, not only the people that are in this this podcast, as well as people who are watching live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitch. Uh, so again, Jules, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm awesome. Um, first off, we want to uh, ex express our our um, thanks for everyone that can come and check us out and speak on awareness, uh, maybe your past, maybe something that you're going through now. I think it's important that we are able to speak about certain issues. And the the great part is it's so as of right now we have four african-american men um speaking on it because we're either going to be the ones that are blamed for it or we're the ones that are supposed to be so strong that we can't um that we can't talk about it um i think we should be able to talk about anything as uh as men so Vince, I know Vince through uh, uh, actual workout group. He's he's there in North Carolina. Um, I haven't met Jay yet, uh, but Jay is here in Florida. Um, I was brought. Jay was actually brought to my attention because he's a he's a poet, and he had a poet night the other night. And one of my friends, when we were talking about the whole um, topic, said that Jay had an amazing. Um, uh, he, he actually had an amazing reading that 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 touched her so she was like all right you know what he's the guy you need to talk to so that's why i reached out to jay um jay's here in florida as well jay i think you might need to unmute yourself i'm, I'm unmuted can you hear me yeah yeah i hear you all right good. um but you, you guys are more than welcome to uh you guys are more than welcome to um to speak on yourself you know to introduce yourself uh, can y'all hear me? 
Yeah. Yeah. In the Echo. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm Vincent. Uh, I live in North Carolina now, but uh, I grew up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, a state by the lake. And uh, so, Uncle Sam brought me down here in the military back uh, back in '95, and uh, I just stayed because of the weather and yeah, <laughs> I have no more snow. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, I, I, this 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 topic uh, it hits me hard because uh, you know I just lost my mom in uh, 2019, and uh, you know just all through life it was that that uh, that specter of of you know what we saw, what we've been through, and everything like that. And uh, like I got told my wife just a minute ago actually that uh. You know, when my, when my mom passed on, I felt good because she was out of pain. And uh, I did the things I was supposed to do as a son. And I uh, took care of her and things like that, made her proud. But that's one of the, the things I regret, if, if you call it a regret, is not talking to her about the things that we went through when we were little, right? And those things manifested as we became adults. Now, I can speak on me, how it manifested in me. But you know, I'm sure it did the same thing my brother and my sister. So, I mean, that's kind of my backstory. I don't want to take up too much time for everybody to introduce yourself. But okay, well, again, thank you for that, Vince. Uh, James, uh, welcome to the show. Give us a little bit of a rundown about yourself, and you know, don't mind me if I snap in the corner, you know, because you'll be a poet. Or I'll be snap, snap, snapping. You know, give me that love. Give me that love. I gotta give you that love when poets come on. You got. My name is uh, Jamel. Um, I'm from Chicago uh, and I moved down to Tampa for college in 2010. And I just been all over the U.S. for my career, which is education. Um, currently, uh, I am just starting my own business in education and I'm a poet. So that's what I do now. Uh, but uh, back in my early 20s um, is when I personally experienced uh, domestic violence. Uh, I identify as gay. Um, and I was with somebody for six, almost seven years, with four of those years uh, being domestic violence. Being domestic violence. Um, about two of those years, I was in and out of the hospital. Uh, and I stayed. So this topic is very, 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 very uh, touching for me. Uh, but it's one that I love to have. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. Um, I am willing to have that uncomfortable conversation being a black male. Um, and so I look forward to where this conversation is going to lead to. Uh, but I, I also just look forward to shedding some light to some people um, that domestic violence is real um, and that verbal uh, it's uh, verbal abuse is just as worse as physical abuse it's it's all in there and it's all it, it's all under that domestic violence um, window so I just look forward to this conversation I think y'all do I don't want to take no more time up so <laughs> I'm passing to the next person <laughs> uh, Tasha can you hear us yet yeah I can hear you okay Look at her. Just look at that I'm hat. Just styling and profiling. I'm in the car now. <laughs> well, my name is Tasha. I'm also from Chicago, and I've been in uh, Florida for the last two years. Um, I'm a chef. 
I have my own catering business. Um, I also do exotic uh, picnics in the park and a few other things. Um, I'm going to say I experienced domestic violence back in, let's say, 2008, 2009. I am a survivor from it because um, basically I almost lost my life. So, yeah, this topic, I'm, as Jay was saying, I'm not afraid to tell. I tell anybody that's going to listen because people don't understand the real concept of that and the mental the mental that you go through after the, the the fact of surviving it, you know, you become the abuser and not even realizing you have become the abuser. So yes, hopefully my phone don't die and I get to chime in on y'all and ask the questions and stuff like that. Sure, for sure. It's amazing yeah, so, that you're um, with us. So one of the reasons why I think it's important because um, it's, it's, it's absolutely not something that spoke of like freely. So that's why I think it's more important to be able to get other um, individuals in that are able to share their story. Um, when, when I when I originally posted on my Facebook page, have I, do I know anyone that's um, survived domestic abuse? And the reason why I had, I had to make sure that I used the right verbiage, because just same, same thing as Jay said, uh, physically, mentally, that's all under the same umbrella. You know, um, you can mentally, you can mentally fuck somebody up just as bad as you can physically. And I think it's probably easier to get over physical than it is mental. Um, like, like I have friends that are still terrorized by their uh, husbands, wives, years later, like still sending crazy messages. And for some reason, uh, when I was speaking on it with some of my friends on Facebook, like none of them wanted to talk about it. And I'm not sure whether it just brings up other emotions or, or they just feel that it's hard to talk about. Um, but the one, one of the reasons, like, like I, like I almost begged, I almost begged Vince, I almost begged Vince to come on because, um, he's, he's, he's very similar to me. I'm, I'm, I'm six foot two eighty. Vince, I'm not sure what his size is, but he's but he's he, he's a massively strong African American man, and everyone thinks that just because you're big in size or big in stature that you you can't be broken down mentally by a female or by another male. It's it it go it goes both ways. It definitely goes both ways. So that's why I thought it was so important to be able to uh, speak to people about it. Can I jump in on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. This is, whenever I, I have this conversation, this is like the first thing that I like to talk, the first thing that I like to say. Uh, the person who did the abuse to me, I was bigger than, I was I was bigger than him. Um, I just came from a mindset that if I love you, my hand should never be on you. So that, that was my mindset that I was stuck in. And I got stuck in the mindset of, I love you. And if I love you, I'm gonna forgive you because I see the best in you. I think a lot of the times we fall in love with people's potential and when we fall in love with people's potential, we see the best in them, but not realizing where they're at now. So for me personally, I was not meeting that person where they were at. I was I was meeting that person where I know they could have been, but they hadn't done the work. So I didn't want to put my hands on them because it would have further set them back. And so that's why I allow 
certain things to happen in my space. It wasn't because I wasn't strong enough. And that's the, that, that's the misconception that I'm so happy you said, because I wanted, I definitely wanted to address that. It wasn't that I wasn't strong enough. It was that, honestly, I was mentally weak. Uh, I was mentally weak and I allowed somebody to manipulate me. Uh, so that's... And see, the thing is that people, um, you know, I did, I did one event where we spoke up at, and you know, the girl was like, "Go and get up there and talk, get up there and talk," and I got finally got up there and talk. And the thing about me is that I don't sugarcoat nothing. I might say some things, you know what I'm saying, because I try to be real at all times. So my mouth could be a little bit, you know. Uh, so when I got up there and I, you know, get to talk with people, I let people know that. A lot of people don't say that because they're so scared you're going to be judged. I lost a lot of friends. Friends didn't want to come around me no more and stuff like that. You know, um, so you don't tell people what's really going on with you at the time. But they see it. They they see it before you even realize, like, you letting somebody verbally abuse you. You letting somebody mentally abuse you. You know, all, all those plays. And we stay in those relationships for different reasons. Different reasons. You know what I'm saying? And... and Jay said why he stayed in his, and you know, some people stay in a relationship for money. Some people just to be alone. I'm, on my thing, I stayed because of sex. I stayed in my relationship for sex. Just the sex is just, you, uh, as they movie, say, okay. you get whipped by somebody, Watch I got whipped Go. by Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, okay. I, and, and it went from the verbal first. Oh, you bitch, you better not, uh, you better not get, uh -oh. You're going through one of those dead zones. Yeah. <laughs> They're all over Florida. You could call me every name in a book, and I'm going to still look in the mirror and go, you one fine motherfucker. But when he when he knew he couldn't break me down, this is some good stuff right here. She's, she's muted right now. Give us oh, a let it, let it, Yeah, let, let's yeah. get her back. I want her to finish this. Yeah, Tasha, you muted yourself. Well, she's got some connection issues, I think. So I, I, I think, um, <clears throat> I think the thing is, people always ask, "Why do you stay?" And you know, you know, I, I assume that is for, I assume that is for different reasons for for different people. So, why do people stay? Is it's so for me from the outside? I have no idea. And I just want to learn. I have uh, I have a lot of nieces. Um, I have a lot of nephews also. And um, I think it's important that if there's a sign, so does it always start verbally? Well, there's there's a there's always a sign, but uh, there's signs everywhere, right? It's like a stop sign at a at a, at a four way stop, right? The sign's there, but it's how you respond to it, right? You see that sign, it's just how you respond to it, right? And so, from my point of view, I, I seen I seen the signs just didn't respond to them the correct way. I didn't address them. I just mm -hmm. drove by them. You know what I'm saying? Say, hey, this ain't nothing. This is uh, that ain't that bad. Just drove by. Um, and uh, the reason I stayed as long as I did is because a I felt sorry for, her, and I and I you know I get in that kind of why. Uh, B, it was a messed up financial time in my life, right? And then C, at the was near the end, she said that she was pregnant. So, 
But those three factors, I kind of stuck around longer than I should have. Oh, there you go, Tasha. Okay. Um, I I have I have someone else is coming in, Miss uh, Marcita's Marcita is going to be coming in shortly uh, to chime in as well. So we'll welcome her when she gets here. Can I, can I yeah. jump on that? Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Um, because I I felt like you you pose a very simple question to something that is beyond complex, and mm -hmm. so what I what I think I think I would like to reword the question, and I would like to say, what is it that somebody did not get or receive that they feel like that they are? What did it? why don't we love ourselves enough i think i think that's the question like like what what is missing because obviously if you if you are staying in something like that you have to look at your self-worth this is this is me talking this is me this is me going through therapy this is all of this you have to look at your self-worth what did you not get that you felt like this is what you're worth like that's something that's stemming from your childhood or maybe something that's stemming from maybe your teenage or like early 20s or something but there was something that was missing that you did not receive that you feel like this is what you're worth that's one of the things i know that we talk about like financial i know we talk about like there's so many other factors but there's also ways to get out of that you know what I'm a lot saying? of like, people to a lot of people financial is worth you know what i'm saying i mean we built on a society where financial is worth so I mean, if you don't know how to how to split that into myself and financials, that could, it can happen, you know. Um, to me, I didn't I didn't grow up with a father, my own father, right? So when the pregnancy jump jumped up, I was like, man, I can't leave, I can't do like my dad did. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I got to stick around, right. you know, no matter what. I throw that one. I got to stick around. So now, no, I hear I hear this. Now, just 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 a big. Uh, uh, heads up for for a lot of people who are watching or who will see or listen to this or or watch this later. We're all here, you know, strong African American people, uh, and it's not just an African American situation. All right, this is worldwide. This is global, right? Asian, European, Australian, you name it. It it's worldwide. So just because you see the folks here. Just telling their stories they're not the only ones so again i'm just pointing that out because again these folks are, are right now the bravest of the bunch right now for me to kind of come out here and state uh what they've done or or how they dealt with it or or why they even dealt with it so again uh courage to all of you but my my question if i can just throw it out there do you think the behavior is learned from previous situations probably family life or from work life or whatever i mean i'll throw that out to to, to vince first yeah let me chime in on that all right yeah. so just in a nutshell right so my experience with me uh being abused she came from a abuser i mean the stuff she told me the first couple of weeks were together and remember i said i felt sorry for her right it was ter it was horrible Right. Uh, no one should have to go through that, right? And then on my side, I came from a, a horrible situation growing up. So I put those two together and said, man, this is, you know, I can't, when I got when I left that house, 
uh, going to the military, I said, I, not, my household will never be like that, ever. It would never be that. If, if I got to go overboard, my household will never be tension and tense and uh, the threat of violence like that. Um, so in my mind, I had a mindset against it, right? She had a mindset that that's what was expected, right? Mm. Um, and she, she told me, you know, if you don't hit me, you don't love me, right? That mm. was her manipulating me, right? Mm. And I was like, you know, that's, you know, that, that ain't me. I, I explained that to her. That's not me. That's not me. So, you know, in my mind, I was felt like she was egging me on, right? I mean, she would throw stuff and irons and, you know, ambush me. But it was like, yo, I'm not going to put my hands on you. I just told you that's what I came from. You should not want this because you came from this situation. So you shouldn't want this either. Um, now, she's also confused though because the fact that you're telling me that she thinks that because you're you not you don't look and and that's just a, a total you mind fuck you know mm -hmm. you, you think you were in love so you expect that person that you've seen you know for a long time to love you and show the love that you thought was the way to show you and yep. really and truly it's the reverse and because yep. they haven't comp they haven't comprehend that they think it's the reverse with you. They, they, they're they now thinking that yeah. you love them enough. So they start yeah. pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing some more. Yeah. And it's, it's it just a volcano. It was always that, that, that specter, like, you don't love me. And, I'm, and, and then it got you. Yeah. yeah, for sure, Tasha, go ahead. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost at my mama house y'all. So, uh, okay. but no, like you said, um, when people are used to, behavior sometimes that, that that follows them um in his case when his mother found out it was like oh maybe he did that because he watched me get beat for 10 years and i felt like that wasn't not an excuse because i know some men that watched their mother or their father got abused and they wouldn't do it just like you wouldn't touch yeah. you wouldn't put your hands on a woman right. i'm like so it's different it's, it was with him it was that more of a controlled structure thing you know, even when I left, I was scared. Um, I still got, I got death threats. I got all that for a couple of years. Um, and I, and he just, I kind of, kind of like just faded away. But mentally, it messed me up, but I didn't really know how mentally messed up I was until I found myself, um, uh, I moved and didn't find myself dating guys and treating guys like they weren't shit. Like I would mess around with him and be like, "You gotta go, you you can't stay here, home. You you got you gotta roll." Mm. Like I didn't realize how much of an abuser I was. Mm. I just wasn't a hands-on. I was, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't, even, I wasn't even a narcissist or nothing like that. It's like when I got into a relationship with my daughter, father, he was already damaged, and I couldn't admit to myself how damaged I was mm. until after we broke up. Then I realized all the factors of like damn, was I really like this in our relationship? You know, did I really say, didn't give a care what you said? Because sometimes he would talk to me and he would like, do you even care what come out your mouth? And I'd be like, no. Didn't realize that was a part of all of what I had been through with this person. And you you try to let go, but it took a while that I had to learn, as Jay said, to sit back, be by myself, right now, be by myself, going on five years. And it took all that time for me to love who Tasha was again, know the value of what Tasha has to offer somebody and what I will not accept from anybody else. 
I look for a whole whatever when I'm dating somebody. Until then, if I don't get that, I won't. We it's no point of us even pursuing like we going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna have to get off the line. And I thank y'all. Um, hey. I just made it to my mom's house. My phone was about to die, but just to put a word out there, it is not your fault. Um, like I said, I had somebody put a whole pillow over my face, told me I was gonna die. I like that mess. I got a permanent knee that's damaged to this day because of him. Everything I'm claustrophobic because of him. I hate being in tight spots. All all that beat me like he was fighting a guy. I mean, beat me real bad. So to say it is not your fault. And if somebody's going through it, talk to somebody. Do not be scared. Everybody in the world is not judgmental. There are people out there that will really help you. That really help you and listen and give you the advice that you need. Some of us, some people just scared to move on. Some people just scared to be by themselves. So if you know somebody that's going through to reach out and whoever's this podcast. Hey, I'm Tasha Shell Smith on Facebook and I will help you. I will help you. It does Thank not you, matter. Thank you. Love Thank y'all. you very Thank much. Thank you, Tasha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Tasha. Thank you very much. I will I will I would like to say for me, um, mine was abandonment. So <laughs> I was about my, to ask that question. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead, James. My, um, you know, uh, meeting my dad, like, for the first time, I was, like, 13, then he died. And then um, my mother, my mother left, and I was raised by my sister. So I never got that unconditional love from the people who brought me into this world. So I didn't know what that feeling felt like during the most part of, well, the most crucial part of my adolescence time. So I seek it from other areas. So when somebody said that they love me, I thought that this is what the definition of what love is. And it was the very first time that anything has ever had happened is when it was my grandmother's funeral. And a day before my grandmother's funeral, I, no, my grandmother had passed. The next day, um, I was thrown into a coffee table, hit my temple, and then he jumped on me and just kept going, going, going. And then I was in a hospital and I went to the funeral with a broken rib and nobody knew, uh, nobody knew anything. And for me, you know, when I, when I got off the plane and I got the message that I'm sorry, I thought that's what love was. We make a mistake, you say sorry, and then you forgive because I actually went there planning on telling my family being done with it, but it was that sorry that I had thought that that was love. And it, the cycle just kept repeating. One time I was in the bathroom, he had a gun, put a gun to my head. Um, I, I, I can't even count how many hospital bills is on my credit right now. And it wasn't until it was this nurse, it was actually a nurse who saved me. Um, uh, anyway, and I used to go to the same hospital in, in Tampa and she legit told me, sat me down and she said, if you, she said, the next time you come back here, you're going to be in a body bag. And and she had to like, just put it to me like that because it, it literally got that bad. And that resonated like with me. And when I left that relationship, I was broken. I was still to this day, I struggle with telling people that I love them because trying to get something healthy 
after you experience something unhealthy, it's unfamiliar. It doesn't feel right. So I have to constantly tell myself that I am worthy and I deserve what I'm receiving because otherwise it feels foreign. And if it feels foreign, it's not right because it was almost being in something that long. I became conditioned to, I need to see something unhealthy and I have to take a lot of step backs. Like when I'm, when I'm dating somebody, I slow down my words. I slow down the way that I talk because I don't want to be an abuser. I don't want to say certain words that I know will hurt somebody mentally because I've been there. So I am very careful with my word choice. And that's why words mean so much to me because I've been in a situation where the words hurt along with the abuse. Now, I mean, now, this, 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 this blows up in my face because I mean, I just, I want to say recently, I, I, I had a relationship that kind of went south uh, a couple of years ago. And, and listen to the stories that you gentlemen have said. And it, it's, it's very physical, but very surreal because I mean, I wouldn't say that person that I was dating was abusive, but would you, would you agree that ignoring someone is the same thing. Can you get abused by just ignoring them altogether? Like they don't exist? What do you mean? Almost, almost like they're not a factor. They're just here as a person and not really getting the attention that a, a relationship should get. Would that be considered any type of abuse? I mean, I guess if it's, if it's used to control, right? Because like, let's just say somebody is not in that space. Mm -hmm. that mind space and if somebody mm -hmm. ignores them they just walk away right right they know the person just walk away because you I mean ignored hey sir hey sir i just walk away because you ignore me but if they understand that when they ignore you it's a control factor mm. then yeah that is abuse you know mm. it, it is form of abuse mm. um because mm. it's a control factor and, and i mean i i seen it early like control could be you know by the fist of course, of course. but it also be by the uh, words and the, the demeanors, right? So it comes to a point where, you know, my mom was abused by my my brother's dad. And it was like, after a while, it was just like, just word, we knew what the looks were, right? It just was looks, especially on public. It was just like looks, we knew the mm -hmm. looks. Mm -hmm. uh, we knew the demeanor of the talking. Um, so that was a condition that it wasn't the violent part, but it was the part that, was the 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 I don't know the nonverbal part that was the abuse, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like you're like, damn, you know, we get home, shh, mm -hmm. it's about to be on and popping, you know. And mm -hmm. it's like you know this mm -hmm. uh, just from just from a something you've seen while y'all are out, and maybe no one else sees that, but you know it. You know the it's trigger. So, it's, it's, you know the trigger, so it's in you. You see it, mm. um, and that's you know that's what like I said. What's one of the things that they follows you if you've been like that. It, I would suggest, I would see, I would think, because it follows me, and I'm a carefree person, but it's followed me through life. You know what I'm saying? Just shows, it helped me out when I was in the military to, to be able to read people so deeply because I had to read that dude, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's, it's crazy that the, the side note, you know, he, uh, so uh, Christmas of 84, a drunk driver hit our family. We were delivering gifts and, uh, we were all in the car and the drunk driver smashes. We were in like a Toyota Celica. And the, uh, the drunk driver, he was in a, uh, in a in a pickup truck 
with a with a uh, a sled uh, snow plow in the front of it. Oh wow! And so uh, yeah, so I mean, it's like you know, seared my mind that just bow that you know that that impact and I remember uh, Philip Bailey and Phil Collins was playing on the radio, Easy Lover, right? Mm. And uh, we sat in that ditch because it was snowing outside. We sat in that ditch for about, it seemed like hours, but they said it was only like 40 minutes we sat in that ditch that we had been thrown into, right? And so uh, during that time, my mom's screaming, crying, trying to get loose. He was the only one that died in that accident, right? Mm And what I remember from that time sitting there is he just yelled for my mom. And that resonated through my life. Like he could treat somebody so bad and yell for her help at the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh and that's why I'm not I'm, I'm I don't hold any anger for him because that it ended like that, you know. Yeah. Um and like I said, it was it was hell and uh it ended like that. But like I said, it's the 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 uh the nonverbal thing. And it could still be abuse. Uh, that was a crux of my story, but uh, I agree. Manipulation is a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to say, at this moment, I'm not, I'm not being receptive to what you're saying. So I need for us to stop this conversation. Like, if you are communicating. I am not being receptive. I am. I, I cannot process this conversation. Let's stop and let's revisit. That's a more of a healthy way, because when you when 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 two people are on ten, trying to communicate, you're not communicating. No. You just want to be heard at that yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 just a moment of of stepping back and giving each other that space to calm down. And then revisiting the conversation with level-minded, but yeah, ignoring ignoring a person who you know will move mountains for you is a form of control. There's a difference between there's a difference between being controlling and like to control. Like like there's a big difference, and people people don't understand that it. it's a it's a fine line between the two. Right. Right. Don't ignore right. nobody. No, I hear so, you. Oh, um, wow. So, so my my thing was when when I want to say, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think I probably had 200 something people comment, and oh, yeah. they said, "Yes, me, 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 me." And I'm sitting there like, like, how did I not know? And it was like a lot of close friends. I'm like, how did I not like, like how did like how do you hide something so huge? That's the black community, though. I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just speaking in, in terms for me. We talked about that. We did talk about that. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely what correct. What, what happens in the household stays in the household. You better not go to school talking about that. You better not talk to your aunties and uncles about that. What happens in your household stays in your household. And look, and, and when, and when somebody come over, that house better be clean and everybody better be smiling. Like, it is what it is. We live in this. Oh no, you can go in, Vince. Yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to kind of have that, that kind of feeling when I when I used to think to myself about it. Um, but I, I met my wife, uh, two thousand five. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so that's when I met her, and at the time she worked at a domestic violence shelter, right? 
And that was one of the intriguing things about it, right, to me, uh, amongst other things. But that's where she worked. So she's seen a lot of stuff, right? And like I said, to me, I thought it was, okay, it's the Black community. You know, we're not speaking out on enough. But the client she had there was not just Black. They were all classes, doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they run the gamut of it. And they had the same issue. You know, they they, they, they couldn't talk about it. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to rate anybody shame, but you know, they were like, Hey, I'm a doctor. I shouldn't be going through this. So it was even more shameful and more of a, of a reason to hide it. You know what I'm saying? Because they thought, well, you know, the community look at me a certain way. I shouldn't be going through this because of who I am. You know, that's a, one of them. And I'm not saying they thought like that, but you know, that's one of them black problems. What I'm going through, you know, Yes. Can I can I add on to that and say me me personally I thought like that, and so what I did is I stayed in school. I have two bachelors and two masters because I tried to overcompensate that shame. Mm. Like I had thought that the more education I got, the more people would not look at what I've been through. Like I want you to I want to put this in front of your face so you don't see what's really behind those degrees. I was literally getting those degrees, getting my ass beat. And that was, that was my escape. That was literally my escape. And that was the way that made me cope with it. That sounds weird, but it was, I was coping with it because I couldn't, for me, I felt like I couldn't tell nobody because I was gay. I was the first one in my family gay. Although they accepted it, we didn't talk about it. So I, I felt like I didn't have anybody to, to talk to. So I just, I used to stay the night in the library doing all of that because that was my way of hiding it. So I'm actually happy you said that. Uh, um, yeah. uh, Marcita, you've been there patiently quiet. I mean, I, you came in late. I do apologize for me not getting you in at, on time. So that's my apologies. Uh, chime in on, on all you've heard here. Tell us, you know, you're, you are, you, you definitely, when you told me what you do, I had to get you in here to speak on this. So please uh, grace us with some knowledge about well, what's going you. on here. First of all, thank you for inviting me to the platform. Um, I see the panel is all male. So I'm listening and it's interesting to hear things from a male's perspective. My abuse started as a teenager out of high school and being that young and not having any foundation about life and relationships, when you're with somebody, you think you're with them and you want to make it work. So it didn't start it off. It didn't start off abusive. My um, boyfriend went to the military, and but his brothers were abusive, and he had four brothers. It was five brothers, no sisters. So he kind of did what he saw after I learned what was going on in the family. Family was dysfunctional. There was some issues in the family, but the abuse was really traumatic. Like it caught it caught me off guard because nothing warranted it. I did nothing out of the ordinary for it to happen. And when people's state of mind, once I started understanding how and what the state of mind of your abuser allows them to be abusive Mm. because they they enact or reenact what they've seen, learned, or adapted to, and they project it on you. So So. this dude used to kidnap me, 
one time I remember going over to just visit and I took a friend who wanted to meet one of his brothers. He ran out of the house, snatched me out of the car and put a gun in my head, caught off guard, blindsided. His brother ran out of the house, tackled him and took the gun out of his hand and was asking, was he crazy? Had he lost his mind? And that this is the type of stuff that's traumatic and long lasting because I was still rather young and inexperienced, not having any knowledge about real world things. He was a worldly guy and I was not a worldly woman. And I'm still not a worldly woman, but I was in a worldly environment. So I learned a lot and I've grown a lot, but God had me covered even then. Mm. And then once the relationship ended, because he was really horrible, the Lord revealed to me everything he had done to me, every cheating, every incident. And when I told it back to him, he asked me, who have you been talking to? How could you know that? Who told you that? And I explained to him, the Lord showed me everything. But that guy eventually apologized. You know, he ripped my hair out by the roots because I had braids in it. I had permanent hair damage, choked me out. And like I said, he would kidnap me. Just by driving by, I would be walking down the street. He would grab me, throw me in a car, and lock me in the house with him and his brother for days. And I would just be prayerful. And, you know, he would eventually let me let me go. But it was a lot of prayer and a lot of um you know, submitting unto what, what you don't know helps you even in your foolishness. So I understand the, the abuse, but the behavior needs to be justified too. When everything was done and said, and we were ultimately finished, because I ended up having to press charges on him. He punched me in my eye and really messed my face up. And I was so ugly to where every time I looked in the mirror, I would cry. Because how could you make somebody you say you love look so so bad? You don't do this to something you love. And it was just really, it was an experience. I grew from it, but like I said, when we broke up and everything was done, instead he looked me in my face and these are the words that came out of his mouth that I grew from also. I didn't do any more to you than you allowed me to do. You Wait a minute. So, yeah. so part of the well, it, it seems like the main part of the abuse is control. It was. So that's where he's still controlling you by telling you, "I only did what you let me do." But the growth in that for me was he was right. He did not do any more than I allowed him to do. Even though it didn't get to the place where we didn't kill each other. And I promise you, I wanted to kill this. I wanted to kill him. I mean, I literally cried one day in my car, praying prayerfully, and was like, I'm going to kill him. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do it. Because if you do it, you die too. You haven't done anything. You haven't seen anything. And these were the words... It was an angel, the Lord, I don't know. You're muted there. Hold on. Let's try to get you back out here. And I, I received every day I grew from that. And it helped me understand better to boundaries in relationships, especially with men. 
because from that point on, and I was 23 when I was done with that relationship, not another man could ever put their hands on me again. And I'm the daughter of a grandmaster sensei. So I could have easily told my dad and, and got that handled. But because I loved him and I didn't want to see any harm come to him, I just kind of dealt with it. I walked away and I suffered silently until I had enough. And once I had enough, that was it. And once I had enough, he knew he was done because he saw the rage in, in the, the vengeance in me. And my thing with him was, I didn't want him dead. Once everything was done and said, my thing with him was, God damn his soul to him. Mm. And that was my words to him. And after years went by, he came back and he told me he felt like he'd been in hell for 40 years like Moses walking in the wilderness. And he also got his teeth punched out of his mouth and he got in a real bad fight after he punched me in my eye. And I said, yeah, God don't like ugly. You reap what you Because he was still young when that happened. But what goes around comes around and think it not that people got away with what they've done to you. They may not never come back and say you may not see what they go through, but trust and believe they get that back. So um, one of my friends that commented that I, like I had to have a conversation about, um, so I didn't know. So why did you not tell me? And she said, because I know how you would react. Um, my question is, how do you help? Um, is it, does is, is it help have to start in, internal or is it? You talking about your female friend, the one who is a youth, she sounds like she's accustomed to the abuse. Yeah, she was, she was in the past. Correct. Correct. So she, she first and foremost, she needs help. She needs to seek professional help. Now, granted, I didn't have to because I sought the Lord and I do have a praying family. They interceded because ultimately what had happened and like my mom said to me, either you're going to have to leave or he going to have to leave. Somebody going to have to leave because the city I live in is small. This dude used to threaten to burn my mom's house down and kill us all. And when I, when I told her, I said, you know, he's crazy and something's bad is really going to happen. She said, either you're going to have to get out of town or he going to have to go because both of you guys can't stay here. With your friend, she needs to first address what it is that makes her feel love to be abused in such a way. She needs to have professional help. You're not going to be able to help her to that degree. She needs to get help. Well, I, I've had, um, me personally, after my experience, um, I have, and, and I've always been this way, not overly protective, but protective of my family that are females because I seen what my mom went through and my uncles didn't help, right? So, and I know it's dangerous. So my thing was, I always talked to my, my, my sister and my cousin who was just like a sister. And uh, I could tell when my cousin was going through it, the one time she went through it, I could tell something was wrong. And uh, my thing was always to talk to him, keep talking to him. Uh, and it don't have to be about that. Just tell him, show him that somebody loves you, right? Because um, you don't want to harp on that so much to scare him away. But just 
keep talking to her. And eventually she opened up, right? And um, I always told them, I mean, I'm, you know, five ten and a half, five eleven, three fifty, um, and I always been a big guy. And I, and I, I told my my my, my, my peoples, you know, you got one time. I played the sheriff one time, and I've done that, you know, and uh, I've done it successfully both times. And you know, like I said, it can be dangerous, but when someone's scared to go to police because they job and things like that, and that's my family, and I know what my mom went through and what I went through. I was happy to do it, right? Um, but it's like I said, it's a thing where you have to coax it out of them to, to be able to talk to you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing in a in, in black family, whatever. We uh, we don't talk to each other about the right kind of things. In the family, we got abusers, we have uh, child pedophiles in the family, and we don't want to talk about it or discuss it, you know? It has to be discussed at some point with somebody. Those are generational curses that need to be broken. And when but you it do needs to be talk, it needs to open. You need to open it up. Talk, you have to talk about it. You have to address them. You have to face them head on because yeah. nothing can be dismantled until yeah. you actually identify it. So and, and so yeah, my family. I I I chose just after my grandmother passed. I said I'm gonna be the one to bring this to light. If if I see it happening, I'm gonna bring it to light. If if I know one of my cousins or something, you know, been popped and messed with little kids, I'm gonna let everybody know, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that that person know. You my cousin, I love you, but I kill you. You mess with the kids, everybody. I'm a fan. Can I, can I jump in? Yeah. yeah, 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 Jay. I was gonna ask you because it looked like you was about to say something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so Jules, when you had said that your friend uh, said that she didn't tell you because she know what you would do, uh, I just want to hit you from this from this standpoint. If somebody is staying in uh, in a situation where they're being like domestically abused, um, and if they're staying, they feel like they love that person. Um, and so, if they feel like they love that person, I'm not going to tell somebody who's going to hurt that person. You know what I mean? Like, because then it creates a bigger situation that if I can just keep this to myself, la la la, then nobody has to know. I think in those situations, in those situations, you don't fight violence with violence. Um, you, you, you do not fight violence with violence because then the person who you're quote unquote trying to help is seeing violence in like just all around their lives. What you need to do is in, in that situation, in those type of situations, give, give that person the resources, whatever. There are so many domestic violent resources. I have literally, I used to do a, a podcast called bring a bottle and, um, we talked and I had like about three people who opened up to me after I talked about it and I sent them resources. I asked them probing questions because that's really what they need. They don't need somebody to fight the violence with the violence. Well, they I, 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 I missed your truth, but it wasn't violent. I said, Sheriff, I meant Sheriff in a certain way. I, I didn't mean I was going to drop it up. I meant Sheriff in a certain way, like, like my cousin, I'm coming over there and I'm moving you out. You know what I'm saying? You sit right in the back room. He's not gonna do anything. That's what I meant. I didn't. I didn't mean I'm coming over there. No, But 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 that asks a good question. So, um, do the um, when uh, when you talk about being a sheriff, like I've, I've seen so many people talk about that the police knew and they did nothing about it. So that part. That. Yeah. So it's 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 like who do you 
who do you reach out to if the people that you reach out to no longer want to um, help you? Because the first thing I, I believe me, I know I, I know a ton of police officers. The first they're gonna they're gonna say is why do you stay? Or they they immediately flip it back onto the the victim and start blaming the victim. Dude, so, look, when when I uh, oh, shoot. you hear me? Yeah. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. yeah, we're we're good. We can hear you. Okay, so when I uh, I was gonna bring that up, that was that was gonna be my next topic, right? So when it happened to me the last time, she basically uh disconnected disconnected my uh my nose from the face, my face, um with a ketchup bottle, and uh, can y'all hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear oh, you. Yeah, wow. I heard yeah. that one. <laughs> I must. Um, so. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I panicked. You know, I mean, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big guy. I, you know, she knew what she did. She like ran into the room or whatever. I chased her until I felt like blood was gushing everywhere. Um, I actually grabbed a hold of her until I was starting to taste the blood, and uh, so I let her go. You know, I went in the mirror. What in the world? My my nose is hanging off. I'm like, what in the world? My sister is gonna freak when she see this, right? So I called, that's the first one I called my sister. And my sister's like, I'm coming over there. And I said, no, no, don't come over, don't worry about it. I'm about to come over to your house. <laughs> and I called her, I called the police on the way out. The police officer got there. That that apartment was in both of our names. That policeman got there, I was outside, still bleeding. Um, and I told him exactly what happened, what caused it, what led up to it. Um, and the first thing he told, asked me was, what did you do? Mm. That's what he asked. Now I don't know if he meant it in like, what did you do to cause it or whatever, but it just felt weird, right? So then he yeah. went up and talked to her, right? I don't know what story she gave him, but my story was evident. Her story was whatever. Um, he come back down. He said, "Well, are you gonna go to your sister's house?" I said, "Yeah, I need to press the charges." He said, "Well, you can go to the magistrate on Monday and press the charges." I was like, "Okay, so." You're not going to take now. her? Yeah. No, you know, we're not going to take her tonight. Um, and he told her to change the locks. He told her to change the locks on a, on an apartment that were both of ours. Um, and like I said, it was it was so nonchalant how he treated the situation. When obviously, like I said, I guess he could have in his mind, okay, maybe she fought him off or whatever. But He's hearing my story. I'm standing outside. I'll let him, he, I walk back in the house with him to get the rest of my stuff. And he's still like, I think it's like a Friday, right? So I'm like, so that's it. He's like, yeah, if you want to file charges, you can go down to the magistrate on Monday and file the charges. I said, oh, well, thanks. You know, <laughs> really, thanks for nothing. And I mm -hmm. went to my sister's and uh, a couple of people told me later on that that wasn't the way it was supposed to be handled uh, from a police perspective. Right. Um, and I and I, I mean, I'm not a police officer. I don't know, but it just didn't feel right. And it felt to me like had the roles been reversed. Right. And he, he got there and I was in the house. and She was outside with a bloody nose with the meat hanging off that I would have probably went to jail. That's that's what I'm thinking. That's what I thought. That's what I still think to this day. Um, and I think that right there may deter uh, men 
in general, or black men, but men in general, uh, from seeking help because no one's gonna believe them. You know, I mean, that was like that was my that was my um my first thought. So when when um when me and you were going back and forth, and you're you're like, I don't know whether you know I need to speak to my wife, and, you know all that. And I, that's the first thing I think of is like, first, who are they going to believe? And even even in our own community, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. But I mean, that's 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 a is dangerous because she could have killed me. To be honest, I mean, if somebody's not watching that, I mean, that could have been a knife that she that she slung instead of a a big ketchup bottle, right? Um, and then what the story to been? Oh, he should have, he should have, uh, you know, he should have said something earlier. He should have called the cops. He should have done this. Um, and like I said, vice versa. I know you don't, you know, it's no violence for violence, but if I hadn't let her go, cause I was feeling that blood in my mouth or whatever. And I had, you know, maybe put my hands on her. Who would the police would have be, uh, believed when I, once they got there for that? You would have been oh, gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You would have been gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, but, and that's the thing. It, 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 I struggle with it because I'm like, that's that's not right. I know it's not right. Um, but it's it's kind of, it's kind of mute to complain at, at times, right? You don't want to be that complaining, uh, oh, he's just a lying black dude all the time. So we keep it we keep it to ourselves, right? I told the story to a few. I mean, my friends know. Um, but outside of that, not a lot of people know because it's like they look at me like, "Come on, bro." Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? That that right there, like, it kind of invalidates the whole conversation for me. Like, okay, I, you know, I probably don't need to tell you about it, then, man. I mean, it, Superman has his kryptonite or whatever. But like I said, that's from my perspective of 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 how I experienced it. Like I said, that was the the that was the crescendo, I guess, when that happened. Right. But it was things that led up to that that I should have, I should have, uh, you know, known. It was red flags and things she did and how she did it um, that I should have said, nah, you know what? I probably need to leave this family alone. Yeah. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? For those three or four reasons, I didn't. And I gained a lesson from it. And that, that's what I look at it as a your survivor. You have a lesson, right? I'm a survivor from cancer. You know, I went through cancer. You know, it's a lesson in that. Go get checked. Go get your body checked. Go to the doctor. You know, um, I used to jump out of planes. It's a lesson of that. Don't be scared of nothing. Overcome your fears. You know, and 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 going through that, it's a lesson. You know, the questions to ask. Uh, would you? What are you actually looking for? When you find it, when you when you meet someone, what? Um, like I said, what? Uh, like I said, meeting my wife, it was a it was, it was a situation where she had already worked around people like that, and we could talk and understand and kind of vibe on that aspect of it. Um, Jay, I know you got to go. Um, I, I I just want to thank you from from um our our podcast. So tune in our podcast. Um. Where where is your um like if you want to plug your next show? 
or like, when, like, when's, your next, when's your next reading? Oh, my next poetry show. I don't know when I'm going to do another one. <laughs> uh, it's just a random pop-up. That one was very successful. Um, so we, we'll see. People are asking draw, okay. me. Uh, and draw real quick. Oh, you, you wanted me to read the poem? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Please. <laughs> you have it? Are you ready? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Come on now. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. Come on. Give us this good stuff. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, okay. I can, I can, I can read it. Um, I may look pause because I have to pull it up on my phone. But can you guys still hear me? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. While he's while he's doing that, I wanted to ask um, uh, our panel here uh, questions here. Do you think, uh, based on what Vince said, do you think when when we see drama or even trauma like that happen to us, and we as people hold it in and don't do anything, do you think it will? Do you think because I mean, do you think it affects us long term to hold things in? and not be be open, not be our true selves. Because I've yeah. been told for many years that I had to, I have to release what has been going on in my life because of past situations, be it relationships or whatnot, I keep that, that, that stuff in. And what Vince said kind of affected me, well, it kind of resonated with him because I mean, if you don't let that stuff out, your body knows this and it'll, it'll attack you. Right. If you don't get that pain out, your pain, you, you, you'll hurt. Right. So there was years where I was in hospitals day in and day out and the doctors would never know what's going on, realizing that it was all just me holding everything in. Everybody, my parents would say, you, oh, you hold everything in. Uh, 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 the, the women I've dated would say, hey, you hold everything. And why don't you communicate? And it's really it was a trauma that I've dealt with in the past that kept me just quiet. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I don't say anything, maybe it will just go away. Maybe it'll it just pass, maybe, maybe it'll fix. So I sat there for years, okay? I'm not, a, I'm not a young man anymore, but for years I'm just sitting here taking it in, taking the, the, the bumps, the lumps and everything on the chin. And I'm like, this ain't working, this ain't right. My body's not supposed to feel this way. My mind is not supposed to feel that way until I went and found somebody to not even dating wise, just, just started telling people and the release just, just, I mean, as God's my witness, I tell you, the minute I started letting everything go, things changed. Well, every, life, I think every, life changed. Everybody has their own coping mechanism, right? Yeah. So and that's, and that was my, mine. My, mine yeah. was to hold it in. Yeah. But my the thing is, I, I hold things in too, but my coping mechanism to release that, um, is, the gym, right? And then uh, before that, it was Spartan races. And before that, it was the cage fights, right? So that gave me an outlet um, to kind of release that tension I have. Um, and I'm not going to bear, I, I wouldn't dare uh, bear it on anybody else in my family, right? This is about me and how I react to it. And that's, that's what released it for me. That still releases it for me. I, I dance almost every day. Because I'm for one thing, I'm still alive, I'm good, I'm healthy, but it's just a release for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, everybody uh, reacts and copes with it in different ways. 
Uh, but that's just my way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And Jay, you ready? Yeah. And and to answer that, everybody, in my personal opinion, everybody should have a therapist. It's the reason. It's the reason why I got my psychology degree, because I wanted to understand how the brain works, and I wanted to make sure that after the things that I did and been through, that I knew that I was supporting myself mentally. I think that everybody deserves a therapist. I know we pray. If you believe in God, I know you have your your prayer group and you have your church family. But there's something about somebody who professionally knows and understands the brain that can help you process the emotions that you need to process. Because what people need to realize is that your feelings are valid and that they need to live. And the moment that you suppress your feelings, you are not letting them live, which means you are invalidating yourself. Amen. Stop invalidating yourself. You are valid. So there we go. That's that, um, that's well, that part. It's not about a church family. It's about a straight relationship with God, because I tell yes, you yes, what, yes. when I needed a church family the most, nobody was there. there. Yep. Nobody yes. was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a straight line to the front. what I'm trying to say. Maybe. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got you. We got I, just you. To, I just wanted to get that in there because people oh, look at people too much when yep. people need to speak for themselves. You can't go to people to fix some things that has happened and that will happen. Gotta you be gotta yourself. Yep. yourself. But but there but there's something about somebody who can help you get there. A lot of times we don't know how to oh, get no. there. Oh no, the therapist is very necessary. I'm glad you put oh, that man. in there because that is the thing that people won't get, especially black people. They think if you go get that type of help, you're not strong or you're weak, you're weak. or something wrong yeah. with you. No, you're smart. Because you know there's some things going on that's beyond your control. You need some help. <laughs> and about that, that health issue, I ended up with endometriosis after my uh, relationship. And I had so many GYNs tell me I was crazy and that it was all in my head. It took me over two years to get the help and I had to have emergency surgery to fix everything. Okay. And I had to have surgeries going back to back to back because of all that trauma. So yeah, it all ties in together. And thank you for having me in the family. This has been really good experience. I'm ready for your poem, Jack. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, here we go, here we go. Uh, this is weird. I never did this on the, on the Zoom before. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I'll get in my, my poem. <clears throat> it's funny how I will always remember our anniversary as the first time you weren't there for me. Yeah, I said it. My memory of our anniversary will forever be of your absence. It was the first time where I needed you the most, where I needed you. I needed you to see that I was struggling. I needed you to see that I needed help. I was drowning in life and to be rescued, I needed you to see. To see that something was wrong because something had never been wrong like this before, but something was wrong because it was too many wrong stacked on wrong on wrong like a Brad, like a bad record gone wrong. I needed you to see that the scratches embedded my skin prevented my song to be misheard. I needed you to take the needle off the record before it caused any more damage. I'm bleeding and drowning in my blood. I needed you. You were the first person to realize that the way my thoughts. I'm sorry, you were the first person to realize the way my thoughts literally consumed me. 
They came too fast, too fast to articulate, too fast to slow down, which is why my which is why my overthinking is so dangerous. It's almost fatal. And when I can't slow them down, it's like not being able to slow down a speeding car in the rain. And the moment you want to break, you can't. You can't slow it down. You are about to crash. I am about to crash. I am crashing. And I needed you to deploy like an airbag to brace me for the crash. To brace me for the crash. I needed you to see me to see that once again, I was broken. And at the beginning, it wasn't your fault. It had nothing to do with you, but I was broken. Shattered like a window when a bullet is shot through, I was broken. Like fine china dropped onto the wall, broken. Like a porcelain figure dropped by life, I was broken. And I just needed you to be I just needed you to be like the story with all the king's horsemen and king's men. I needed you to put me back together again, but instead you pushed me off the wall. Help, I've fallen and this time I can't get up. Stuck on the ground with no one around, I fell victim to your hands. The hands that once held my heart with such care has now striked my face with such conviction. I am broken into pieces. And each time you say you're sorry, you put a Band-Aid over my heart just to rip it off once more again. 911, what's your emergency? Help, please send someone to 814 Lake Haven Square, apartment 102, Brandon, Florida, 33511. He has a gun and he's trying to kill me. I'm in the bathroom, please send someone. Where is he now? Who is he? Just tell my mother that I love her and I wanna see her again. All has ended. After 10 visits to the hospital, I'm taking my broken I'm taking my broken pieces and I'm putting them back together again, filling my cracks with hope. I mean with love. No, I really mean with gold to put me back together better than new, illuminating the scars that make me who I am to give beauty to my brokenness. I needed you to break me down to my bones. In your absence, I learned I've learned that I needed something bigger than you. I needed the he that I saw in you. I needed me. I needed the master plotter to take his unfinished work and to nail life and purpose back into my life. I needed God to take my heart back, to put me back together again, spin me, mold me, shape me, throw me into the fire. Whatever he needs me, whatever he needs me to do to put me back together. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my lust for you became so much that you became God himself. Black and purple with a deformed face, I still wanted you because I saw the best in you. Now, four years, seven months, and eight days later, my skin is covered with black and purple to remind me that I'm healing. I stand with millions of people in the ways of purple to show that we are no longer a victim. I am a, I am a survivor. It's funny how I will always remember our anniversary as the first time you weren't there for me. And thank you for not being there for me. There you go. <laughs> That was good. Gotta oh, get that. Oh, gotta get those snaps. That was deep, man. That was beautiful stuff. <laughs> Thank that you. Beautiful stuff. You, you, got, got, you got her over here crying. You got her over here crying. Hi. <laughs> that, was, that was so beautiful. It was. Solid, man. That was solid. Yeah. I, I am, I am so blessed that we again every week we just meet new people just great experiences with this whole show and i i thank you all from the bottom of my heart i mean i need to get out to the states and just meet all these people just one by one i gotta i guess i gotta get my shots or something but we're not gonna talk about that anybody no, we're not we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna go there but hey um like i said um from 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 tasha vince james uh marcia i mean you guys have opened my eyes I mean, like like Jewel said, he had a ton of people, he had a ton of people comment. 
and I too had a lot of comments, not as much probably, but it was the shock value that these people that I've known for years have gone through this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where was I? And what could I have done? So now that I have been educated and that I know it's, it's just universal and it's a problem that we need all to fix, I thank you for giving me the education to know what I need to do or how I need to do and where I need to do it. I mean, like you said, you know, uh, some people don't know where to reach out to find help, right? Like, like James says, everybody needs that psychologist. Everybody needs that help, that professional help. Some, some people need that, 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 uh, that connection to God. Let them sit down in prayer. Let, let them pray it through. Like some people might just need to go to the gym and work it out. Right. There's so much ways to 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 get your mind clear. Once you're clear, you should be able to make the right decision for yourself, for your family, for your health, like everything. So, again, I thank you all. I mean, Jules, I'm 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 blessed that you're bringing all these people that I can talk to and meet and, and, and just get to know. It's, it's amazing. So I thank you, Jules, as well, for all this. Thank you all. Thank you all for coming. Um, it's everything is eye opening. Like I said, I feel like I, I learned something new every single week. And it's this is just another week that I, I, I learned certain verbiages. I learned how to um, help people get help instead of uh, just take everything in into your own hands. So uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, you, you guys have a great night and we will yes. definitely keep in touch. Yes. Thank you, folks. You guys have a great night. Peace and love, everyone. Tune in until right. next time when we do another show with the man Jules, the, mo the boy, the beast. Peace and love, everyone. I guess we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Yaga.